Bibles, turn with me to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Zechariah, we're going old school today. Going to look at an old covenant, Old Testament promise that applies to us today. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the importance of not receiving the enemy's accusations. It's very important for us to not receive the enemy's accusations. I want to make a quick note here. Your spouse is not the enemy. Let me give you another shot because some of you, I know you're walking through some stuff and you didn't say amen, so I'm going to give you another shot at that. Your spouse is not the enemy. Your neighbor that does all those annoying things, not your enemy. Your friend on Facebook, that writes things that you're going, what the? They are not your enemy. Listen, a person that's affiliated with a political party that's different than yours, they are not the enemy. Some of you are a little unsure. Oh, no, no, no. They are not the enemy. And sometimes some accusations come from those people inadvertently, unintentionally. But listen, God is not our accuser. Okay, he is not the plaintiff against us. He is for us. He is for you. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Stay talking. And he says, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. So I want to look again to, to the Father. So I want to look again today at the story that we looked at last week of how receiving an accusation can have a negative effect on you. It can affect your circumstances. It can affect your situations. And a lot of times, we don't even recognize that we have actually received an accusation. Let me give you one of the best examples you could probably understand. Worry. Or in Christianity, concern. Every time we worry about something, now a lot of us have this ingrained in our head, I worry because I'm just so mature and so responsible. No, you're just not trusting God. You worry about things that are happening, you're just not trusting God. Listen, your job is not your resource. It's not. Now, it might be what God's using right now, but God is your resource. And whenever you see areas of your life where God's favor is not flowing, make sure in your life you have not inadvertently received an accusation from the enemy. Because your enemy, which by the way, it's Satan, is in nonstop in his accusations against you. I said this last week, sometimes we think, I'm going to mature to a place where the devil's going to stop. He's not. He's nonstop. He is constantly accusing you. He's constantly accusing God. He's constantly accusing other people. He's constantly accusing you about your behavior, about your performance, about, about your thoughts, about the way that you're acting, the things you're doing. So this story that we're looking at is about the children of Israel when they were returning from captivity. They're going back to their homeland to rebuild the temple of the Lord. And there are four political and spiritual leaders that we looked at that are commissioned by King Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, just for those of you that are stout theologians, that's, I know that's actually not his name. It's actually just King Cyrus, but I like to add the Billy Ray part because we remember it a lot easier. They're commissioned by them to rebuild God's temple. But the enemies of the Jews, now how many of you know the Jewish people have enemies today? How many of you know that church people have enemies today? And so the enemies of the Jews had written a letter or an accusation, and because of that, the works 
because the leadership received the accusation. Listen, everything received the accusation. Listen, everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything does. No matter who you lead, what you lead, it matters. Everything hinges on leadership. And this is important in case you're looking, oh yeah, my leader's stopping the favor of God. Listen, you are the leader of you. You get to decide what you think. You get to decide what you believe. You get to decide what you act. You are the leader of you. So last week we talked about how Zechariah the prophet had a vision and he saw that the spiritual lead, leader Joshua, the high priest, was actually under an accusation. And, and Joshua was dressed, the high priest was dressed in filthy garments and what was being attacked on him was his understanding or his sense of righteousness, his understanding of being in right standing with God. Listen, it isn't enough for you just to know about righteousness to have an intellectual understanding about righteousness. We need to be established, meaning roots are going down. We're growing in it. We're learning how to weather storms in righteousness. Honestly, that's why I spend so much time talking about it. You know, I say some things over and over and over and over again. You know why? Because my main job is to be the chief reminding officer. We need to remember some things more often than we need to be taught new things. Now we like new knowledge, but sometimes we just need to be reminded. It's why I talk about it. In fact, there's this incredible verse in Isaiah 54, which Isaiah 54 surprisingly follows Isaiah 53 that is talking about the coming of Christ. In Isaiah 54, here's what it says, in righteousness you shall be established. Watch this. You shall be far from op oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. So I got to ask you today, are you established in righteousness? Are you established in righteousness? Are you immovable about this, this understanding of righteousness? Do you refuse to accept the accusation about the gift of righteousness that you've actually received? When the enemy starts whispering in your, Zechariah saw the vision of Joshua the high priest and, and he's being condemned and Satan was standing next priest and, and he's being condemned and Satan was standing next to him up to oppose him, to accuse him. He's standing right there next to him. But the Lord said, take away his filthy garments. The Lord said, take them away. And God gave back to Joshua a righteousness consciousness to back to him. Now this is Zechariah chapter 3. So today I want to look at Zechariah chapter 4. And let's look at the other leader, Zerubbabel. Do you mind if I just call him Z? All right, I'm, I'm probably just going to call him Z because every time I say Zerubbabel, I feel like I say it a little bit different. But God gives to Z, who is the governor or the secular leader. He gives them, because see, Zerubbabel or Z had another problem. When he looks at the massive work that, that lays before him, it feels overwhelming. He is undertaking the reconstruction of the temple and he looks at this project and it seems like a mountain to him. It, it, it seems like this huge mountain, he's thinking, how can this happen? How, how can I lead these people? How can I inspire these people? How can I motivate them to rebuild God's temple so that we can worship our God? Listen, have you ever felt overwhelmed by life? I think every one of us would go, absolutely. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by your job? By, by the leadership that God's placed you in? Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the thing that God actually called you to do? 
Well, I could put my hand up on that. See, but God has a vision for Zerubbabel, which by the way, he's got a vision for your life too. And so here's what he says in Zechariah chapter four, verse six. It says, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God is saying this temple is going to be built not by human riches or resources. Are y'all hearing me? But it's gonna be built by God's spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The same spirit that spoke our world into existence, that spoke light out into darkness, life out of nothing. That same Holy Spirit will supply everything that we need. That Holy Spirit will supply everything that we need. So enormous. And God addresses that vision too. In fact, he shouts at the mountain. It's one of the reasons why I encourage people to pray out loud. He shouts at the mountain. It's one of the reasons why I encourage people to pray out loud all the time. I'm telling you, the devil wants you to kind of pray some meek, quiet prayer. Because when I'm praying a meek, quiet prayer, I'm wrestling my thoughts against the thoughts he's putting in there. But when I start speaking, those thoughts disappear. He shouts at the mountain and he says this, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstones with shouts of grace, grace to it. Shouts of what? Grace. Shouts of what? Grace, grace. Listen, it's the grace of God. It is, it is the grace of God. Now, I want to show you something incredibly powerful from this because even though your problem seems like a mountain, the doctor's report is it's incurable. The report on your teenager, they're, they're, they're not ever coming back. It seems like a mountain to you. You must say to the mountain, who are you, O great mountain? Do you know why that's why Jesus said that when we pray, we are to say to the mountain, when we pray about our problems, we spend more time talking to God about how big our mountain is instead of talking to our mountain about how big our God is. We need to say to our mountain, you will become a plain. Why? Because of God's grace. Not because of we've done everything right and we've now done all the right things, but because of God's grace. So to Joshua the priest, he restored that sense of righteousness. To Zerubbabel the governor, he began talking about God's great grace. And notice he'll bring forth the capstone. It was the, the final stone put on ancient buildings. You know what it speaks of? It speaks of completion. Listen, so for 16 years, the building remained unfinished. Only the foundation had been laid for 16 years. And God prophesied that the work would be completed. Listen, God sees your future. You realize that God's not bound up by time like we are. We're stuck in this moment, but God sees your future. He sees my future. He sees our future here at Amarillo Fellowship, and he won't leave things undone. You got a scripture for that? Absolutely. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, because our future will be full of God's great grace and because we are depending on God's grace. Because listen, sometimes as we begin to mature, we kind of begin to move away from God's grace thinking now it's about my behavior. But listen, even as we mature, we've got to continue to, to depend upon God's grace. And because of that, he will complete the work, not us. Amen. 
So isn't it amazing that for 16 years they didn't experience favor from the king? Listen, even the leaders were downcast. Even the leaders were frustrated. See, but the problem wasn't happening, the thing that was happening on the outside, this letter of accusation. The problem was what was happening on the inside. Something inside of them, they'd received the accusation because there will always be accusations. There always will be. And so we have to make a choice to either receive or reject the accusations that come against us. And we've got to make the choice day by day, moment by moment, against accusations that violate the word of God, against violations that contradict the word of God. Listen, I made a choice in my theology, which means my understanding of God, to decide what the word of God says, not what my circumstances say, not what my history says, not what I've seen with my eyes, but what the word of God says. Accusations that violate, violate, we've got to not receive accusations that violate and contradict who God is. And what he says he'll do. If God says he'll do something, he'll do something. And so these leaders were looking at their own behaviors and they weren't established in righteousness. They weren't recognizing that it's, it's about Jesus and God, not, not me. They weren't then seeing nothing but the mountain standing before them. But then God began to speak, declaring grace, grace, grace. Watch the end result. If you drop down to verse 14, it says this. So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Idu. So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered. Say prospered. Say it like you mean it. Prospered. How do they prosper? Through the prophesying of when you begin to declare God's word, it encourages you. Doesn't it? Man, I mean, you could just be filled so anxious and suddenly you start. Doesn't it? Man, I mean, you could just be filled so anxious and suddenly you start declaring the promise of God. It encourages you. It begins to stir you when you believe and receive God's promises that you will prosper, that your business will prosper, that your family will prosper, that your children will prosper, that your body will prosper, that your finances will prosper, that your mind will prosper, that you will prosper. But what? No weapon formed against you, however, will prosper. So here it is again, verse 14, the end result. So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the what? The prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Idu. Now this is the, the end result. We kind of flipped over to the last chapter, got to read what happened. But now I want to go back and let me show you what happened because it's incredibly powerful and the application works for us today. Because the moment these two leaders rose up, here's what began happening in verse 6. It says, Now therefore, Tatnai, governor of the region beyond the river, and Shethar Boznai, totally making that up how you pronounce that, and your companions, the Persians, who are beyond the river, keep yourselves far from there. Okay, now this is the king talking. He says, let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God on its site. Listen, all of a sudden they have favor with the king. For 16 years they didn't. And the king tells the Jews, the, the enemies of the Jews to leave them alone. Let them build the temple. And all of a sudden when the leaders rose up, favor starts happening again. So How'd that happen? What happened to cause the favor start flowing again? One of the leaders wrote a letter to the king. Now remember, for 16 years, the work had stopped. They could have done this 16 years earlier. 
you know what, I don't want to be in for 16 years of my life missing out on the favor of God in my life. I want to stop receiving the accusation quicker. Listen, you're, you're going to, sometimes you're going to be able to overcome the accusation. Sometimes you're going to instantly, uh-uh, I don't think so. Sometimes you're going to buy into it and you're going to have a friend in your life go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not God's promise for you. If we could just immediately go, oh, that's, we know that previously there was a negative letter that was written about us. But if you'll go back and check your records, you'll find that the previous letter that was written about us. But if you'll go back and check your records, you'll find that the previous king, King Billy Ray Cyrus, ordered for us to build the temple. And they could have written this letter 16 years, but you know why they didn't write the letter? Do you know why you and I a lot of times don't stand as strong, we don't defend, why we aren't assertive, why we don't speak up, why do we don't declare the promises? Do you know why? Because too often we have an accusation mentality. We've been accused for so long and we believed it for so long, we just think it's the way that it is. And we constantly are believing and receiving the accusation of the enemy. Listen, anytime there's a feeling of condemnation attached to anything that, that is being said to you, I want you to know that is not of God. The Word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, the devil wants to put a spirit of intimidation on us. He wants to intimidate us. He doesn't want us to prosper and be in health. And then people like me, we stand up and we talk about God's grace and his favor on our life and showing, talking to you about how God wants to bless you. But then all of a sudden an accusation comes in. And can I tell you, real honest, sometimes it's people in the church. It, it really is. And they'll say things like this to me and to other people. Man, all you do is preach a greasy grace. Just so you know, grace isn't greasy. It's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. And they'll say things like, you'd better be careful because you're giving people a license to sin. Man, people sin without ever listening to me. In fact, I say it this way. People do not need a license to sin. They don't even need a learner's permit. Man, they are just naturally able to sin. They'll say things like this to me. Well, are you just one of those prosperity preachers? And I want to go, what, as opposed to a poverty preacher? I, I think sometimes, I, I, I do understand sometimes where they're coming from. There, there have been some people that speak out of bounds. It, it's like what Paul had to address all the time. Are you saying that we should sin so that grace may abound? He's like, by no means. But listen, when we begin to understand the goodness of God, it begins to change everything. Yes. Poor, go ahead. Listen, if you want to fight for your right to be sick, go ahead. Listen, if you want to fight for your right to be sick, Go ahead. Man, I'm going to love you. I'm going to preach to you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with you. You know why? Because, man, I've got the accusations coming in my mind from the devil all the time anyway. I don't need to hear it from somebody else. That their theology is based upon what they've observed or what they, they've seen happen in life. See, I'm just choosing. I'm simply making a choice to believe in the goodness of God. And I'm making a choice to believe what God's word says, not what my circumstances say. And the enemy will use people to say all kinds of negative things about us when we're declaring the word of God, trying to intimidate us, trying to keep us quiet. And, and just so you know, I realize sometimes people don't even know what they're doing. Just like Peter, when, when Jesus began to talk about how he was going to go to the cross, and Peter began to say, you're never going to go to the cross, Jesus actually had to rebuke Peter. And can I tell you, it was right after he had said, blessed are you, Peter. He turned right around. The devil rebuke you, Peter. 
Listen, they don't realize that they're just trying to keep me from believing that God is who he says he is, that God will do what he says he will do, that I am who God says I am, that I can do all things through Christ, that God's word is truth, that God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Jesus Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. They're, they're trying, trying to get me to not believe that God actually wants to put his super upon my natural, to display supernatural things in my life, to display his glory through our lives. Let, let me tell you, what's the best testimony to God's goodness? You being broken sick or you being prosperous and healthy? Listen, man, I got to tell you, it's too late to shut me up. I've already drank the Kool-Aid. I already have. I already know about this. Listen, it's too late to, for me not to remind you about who you are in Christ. I love you too much. Listen, I, I love you too much to not be able to talk about what God has actually prepared for you. I love to stand up on Sundays and talk about the goodness of God. You've heard negative junk all week long. Woo. Had my filter on, caught that word just before it came out. I love to get up on Sundays and talk about the goodness of God here with our shoulders held high going, man, this actually is the gospel. This actually is the good news of Jesus Christ. This actually is the gospel. This actually is the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, we need to speak words over our life until our default mode becomes about God's goodness and what he's promised to do instead of our problems and our circumstances. You know, Revelation 12 says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony, not your thought life, the word of their testimony. And your words bring life or they don't bring life. And man, what an opportunity we get to do all the time to declare the goodness of God. See, I love what God's words being spoken over me by me, by my wife, by people that are in my life is producing in my life. I love God's favor and blessing. In fact, Pastor Mark came up today right before the message. He goes, Pastor, you're going to be awesome today. I was like, come on, man. Come on, man. Listen, we need words of life. I love God's favor and blessing showing up in my life. It's awesome. So let's continue to read. I'm going to read a little bit of a lengthy passage, but follow along with me because we're going to see the provision that the king is actually going to provide for him and the warning he has against the enemies of the Jews. Here's what he says in verse 8. Moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of the Jews. All right, he's talking to the, to the enemies of the Jews now. For the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at the king's expense from taxes on the region beyond the river. This is to be given immediately to these men so they are not hindered. And whatever they need, come on somebody, whatever they need, young bulls, rams, and lambs for the burnt offering of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, woo, wine, wine, and oil. Sorry, got lost on that one. Oil, according to the request of the priests who are in Jerusalem, let it be given to them day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. He's talking about the provision of what they had, but now watch the warning. I also issue a decree that whoever alters this edict, whoever does something a little outside of what I'm commanding, let a timber be pulled from his house and erected and let him be hanged on it and let his house be made a refuse heap because of this. And may the God who causes his name to dwell there destroy any king or God which is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, issue a decree, let it be done diligently. Now watch a decree, let it be done diligently. Diligently. Now watch what the enemies do. 
Then Tatnai, their enemy, governor of the region beyond the river, Shethbaznai, and their companions diligently, diligently, they got a little focused on this, did according to what King Darius had sent. Notice that the enemies, their enemies became frightened. Listen, it is time for us to put fear on the spirit of fear. Listen, there is fear coming against us today. There are people that are marketing fear right now, pushing fear all over the place. It is time for followers of Jesus Christ to put fear on the spirit of fear. I'm not saying you don't be wise, you know, that you wash your hands. Man, what a novel concept, wash your hands, you know. I'm not saying that you're not careful around certain people, especially if you're at risk, but it's time for us to put, us, put fear on the spirit of fear. What's the result when we begin doing what the Word of God says? It's the verse that we read earlier. So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Idu. What an amazing God we serve. Let, let that sink down in your, in your spirit for just a moment. What an amazing God we serve. So amazing. Listen, in closing, perhaps this morning you're, you're looking at some challenges in your life. You're, you're looking at some things because, you know, we, we have a tendency to hear about the goodness of God and we have a tendency to think, well, there are not going to be any challenges. Listen, the word of God didn't say that there wouldn't be weapons formed against us. It just said the weapons being formed against us won't prosper. And, and maybe you're facing a challenge with a, with a teenager, a family member, some relationship. Maybe it's a, a challenge of health in your body or an area of your finances. And maybe you're wondering, can, can, can this teenager really change? You know, it seems like they've been like this forever. Can, can this relationship actually be healed? Can my body actually be healed? Can God actually provide the finances for me? Listen, I don't think that's the question that we know who Jesus is. No, not do I know about him. Do I know who Jesus is? And do I know, no, not do I know about him. Do I know who Jesus is? And do I know who I am in Christ? That's the question we should be asking. Is there an area of my life where I may be receiving an accusation? Or am I standing strong, established in righteousness and grace? Because when you're established in righteousness, you know who you are in Christ. You know it's never been about you. You know it's about the finished work of Jesus Christ. You, there is no voice or thought inside or outside of you. Things that people say are to you or about you that can move you off of who you are in Christ. You just have to refuse to receive the accusation. Silencing accusation doesn't happen just because you heard this message. It doesn't. You know, we, we kind of hear things and we've got head knowledge, but we don't apply the head knowledge that we've got. And we think, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? I heard the message. I heard the message. It doesn't, it doesn't get silenced just because you heard this message. It, it, it doesn't happen once and then forever you're kind of just set against it. But we need to day by day, moment by moment, accusation by accusation just simply refuse to receive the accusation see pastor richie that sounds exhausting it's not in fact you will get in such a habit of it before you know it you'll be just click click you'll hear it, bam nope bam nope bam nope something that used to be bam 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 oh am i yeah i guess i'm not i guess i'm not yet yeah, no bam nope 
you'll grow in it. How do you do it? You've got to raise your voice against it. You do. you got to raise your voice against it. We need to be careful what we listen to. That's why I said, man, you can, you can fight for your right to be broken poor, but, man, I'm, I don't want you hanging out with me. I don't. I love you. I'll see you in heaven. All right? But I don't want you hanging out. we got to be careful what we listen to. We need to make sure that we're listening to people that, 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 that knows that God loves them. That they talk about the goodness of God, talk about the love of God. We need to listen to people that know, that we know love us. And and it's not this, you know, I love you. They're encouraging you. They're building you up. They're telling you you're a champion when you just failed. They're telling you that God is a, you're a champion when you just failed. They're telling you that God is a God of more than enough when it doesn't look like there's any around anywhere. They're telling you that by his stripes, you are healed when you're dealing with sickness in your body. Listen. Because if we don't see the favor and blessing of God showing up in the areas of life, it may be that we have received an accusation from the enemy. Because accusations cause us to have a heart of unbelief. And I'm telling you, it's the only thing that stopped God from working. When he went to his hometown, it was because of their unbelief that he wasn't able to do miracles. It, It causes us to to have this unbelief about who we are or who our God is, about his love and about his goodness. Listen, it's time for us to say no more. It's time to help us to help one another say no more, to encourage one another. Listen, we're about ready to start our semester of small groups. You need to be in a small group. You do. You need to to get a group of friends around you that can speak into your life, that you can speak into their life. Because I don't recognize a lot of times in my life when I've gone negative. I don't. It was such a gradual slide from, you know, really speaking life, and all of a sudden I'm speaking things that aren't quite right. But when I've got friends in my life, they're like, wait, 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 wait. That's not who you are. That's not true about that situation. God's got this. We need to make sure that we're, we're saying no more to those things the enemy is saying about God. We need to become established in righteousness. And if you don't leave this morning hearing any other thing, you need to know today that you are in right standing with God if you've given your life to Christ simply because of what Jesus Christ has done. It's incredible. It's incredible. And everything that God's going to do in your life from here forward is simply because of what Jesus Christ has done. He's provided everything that you and I need for life and godliness. It doesn't say that he's going to provide. He's already provided it for us. That's why we obey. That's why we walk on the path of life. That's why we repent and change our mind about wrong behavior sometimes so we can continue to for us. So I want to pray over us today. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head. 